Sports Open Line does continue. My name is Matt Pauley. We found out earlier this week that St. Louis officially would be back in XFL. We'll call it XFL 3.0. We also learned that former Ram Anthony Becht is going to serve as the head coach. We were joined by Coach Becht earlier this week. If you missed that conversation, you can find it at uh, KMOX.com. You can go to the Odyssey app, wherever you uh, find your podcast. That's where the Sports Open Line podcast is available for you. To continue that XFL conversation, very happy to welcome in a guy who covers the league for XFL News Hub. He is uh, Anthony Miller. Follow him on Twitter at ByAnthonyMiller. Anthony, thank you so much uh, for the time. I know you also got the opportunity to uh, to speak with uh, Coach Beck. You talked to a, a lot of people in football. What's your takeaway from uh, from him and, and what he might do with this XFL franchise in St. Louis? Yeah, Matt, thanks for having me. Um, you know, this, this discussion with Anthony Beck, I you could really see the passion that he has for the game. I mean, from the moment the XFL was announced to be bought by Danny and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he did everything he could to get his foot in the door and make sure that he was going to be a coach in this league. So you could definitely tell he has the passion to be a head coach, and I think that's what the XFL really saw in him, that leadership traits that they're looking for, and somebody who's, you know, hungry to be the best at, you know, the position he was. So he, I you know, I got great energy out of him. I, I think he's a great fit for St. Louis. He knows the city, you know, being a former tight end for the Rams back in the uh, late 2000s. So he knows how the city works. He, he, one of the big things that he talked about was trying to make sure that people, that guys like, you know, the Tory holes, uh, Orlando pace, uh, you know, Mike Martz, he wanted to bring those guys back in and make sure that they were um, ingrained back into the St. Louis community. Cause I, I know for St. Louis fans, you know, you really only had the battle Hawks, uh, since the, the Rams left in 2015-2016. So I, I know he wants to try to get that football community back in there from those former players. So I, I think overall, I think it was a great hire for St. Louis to have someone like Anthony Beck, and he's going to be someone that the city can really rally around and um, really support him. We've seen in these spring football leagues, it's tough to have success. XFL 2.0 had to go down because of the pandemic. The AAF did not do so well. The USFL just finished a season, and you give them credit for being able to finish, but it, it, they got okay TV ratings. They were playing in a single market. They weren't really built for fans. You look at all of that, and, and I'm biased being in St. Louis, but it feels like one of the few true success stories in spring football was the St. Louis Battlehawks and the fan reaction to it and the attendance and everything that went along with it. How impressive is it what St. Louis was able to do in supporting their team during XFL 2.0? I mean, what they were able to do was really unprecedented for spring football. You know, prior to the XFL, there was, you know, the AAF with the San Antonio Commanders. They were getting about 25,000 fans a game into uh, their dome into, uh, you know, before they folded. Uh, so, but what St. Louis is able to do, I mean, first game, they had almost 30,000 fans. They were just right under 30,000 in attendance. That second game, they were around 27, 28. And before the pandemic happened, they were even talking about opening up the stadium for more attendance. And there was speculation that they were actually looking at roughly 
35, 40,000 fans going into that next home game for St. Louis. So you can really tell that, you know, St. Louis was hungry to have a football team back in there. And those fans really shelled out. I mean, that, that is by far the best fan base that came from the XFL with them and Seattle really supporting their team. But what St. Louis did in coming out to those games, game after game, that was really impressive. And probably something that I, I think we're probably going to see again in 2023. Do you get the sense from people you've spoken with that the powers that be in the XFL appreciate and respect the St. Louis market for what it was able to do? Absolutely. I, I think it was it was a no-brainer that they were going to bring St. Louis back. I mean, if you talk about the top two cities that the XFL is going to bring back, I think everybody knew St. Louis and Seattle were the top two. Those are the ones that consistently were over 20,000 fans a game. So, I, yeah, that, 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 passion, that passion for, for the fan base for St. Louis, I, I know that played a huge role in it. I mean, those tailgates, uh, you know, before the game, I mean, that was something that – was always talked about among the media, talked among about with the league. So they knew that the passion for football in St. Louis was there, especially with the sour taste in their mouth from the NFL. So it made it a really easy choice for them to bring back St. Louis. If the pandemic wouldn't have happened, do you think XFL 2.0 would would still be good? Let's let's get rid of like the Vince McMahon WWE stuff that's going on right now. Just like in a in a funnel, was it was it on a path to continue and to thrive moving forward? I think so. I think it, it, it would have at least gone to a second season. And the reason I say that is if you look at TV ratings, for example, you talked about the USFL. They were, they were averaging 750,000, 800,000 uh, know, you know, viewers a game for the USFL. It just never really caught on. And, and, that, and like you said, it was being in one location. It just wasn't really attractive on TV. But you look at some, you know, like the XFL, in those five weeks that they were going before the pandemic, they only had what two, three games that were under a million viewers for when it was on ABC, Fox, FS1, or ESPN. So they were showing that they were getting the viewers to come out and you know watch the XFL on TV and attendance. I, I don't think there was a single game that was under 10,000 fans. So people were coming out to the stadium. Now, would they have to make changes in terms of locations? Yes. I think you look at like the Los Angeles market, I think has too many teams. So I don't think they would have stayed in LA. Tampa Bay, I think was something that was always going to be, you know, an, another location that they were probably always going to move, but they were going to build their league around uh, markets like St. Louis, like Houston, like Seattle, because those are the ones that had the most passionate fan bases. So I think there's no doubt they would have made a, a, at least a second season. Would they still be going here in 2022? You know, I, I think that's up for debate. I, I would say with the following that they've had, I could definitely see them still be in existence today. Anthony Miller, who covers the XFL for XFL News Hub, continuing to join us at Sports Open Line on a Thursday here on KMOX. All right, so let's apply all that to now XFL 3.0. You've seen how they've gone about things. They're, they're taking their time. They did not push to get a, to get going this past year, even though they were going to have direct competition with the USFL. They obviously have some high-profile people leading the way. Are they doing the right things for this to not just be another spring football league that three years down the line is just part of uh, football history? 
Yes, absolutely. I, I think, you know, as much as fans wanted the XFL to be playing this year, it was the smartest thing to do to make sure they're not rushing. As that was the one thing that made XFL 2.0 so successful is that Vince McMahon actually made the announcement in 2018, and they took two years to build everything up to make sure they had the, uh, enough financial uh, backing to you know to make sure they can get through at least two or three seasons. That the, the XFL this time around is taking a similar approach. I mean, today we learned that Major League Football had to shut down operations and players weren't locked out of their hotels and they haven't even had a season yet. And that's because they're having financial issues. We were you know we've seen it continuously with other spring football leagues like the AAF, like Major League Football, that they struggle financially and they're not able to finish seasons. So for the XFL to take their time, make sure they have the venues, make sure they have the right markets in place, make sure they have the right coaches in place and make sure everything is good to go in two years. I think it's the smartest way to go about it. And it's, they're going to set themselves up for success two, three years down the road. How much more of a challenge? I haven't seen anything that the USSL is going away. They, they got through a season. We mentioned the TV ratings. They were good enough. Now, all of a sudden, when you're coming to the TV market, there's going to be that much more spring football. That's a, that's a brand new challenge that didn't exist the last time around. Yeah, I, I think a key difference is the XFL is going to start the week after the Super Bowl. So, you know, you look at the USFL, usually they, the, you know, when they started their season this year, it was late April. So if they go with that same schedule, then uh, really the XFL is going to control February, March, and April, and then you can see the USFL kind of kick in late April, May, and June. So, yes, there's direct competition in terms of, when it comes down to finding the right players and making sure they're getting big name players into their league. But when it comes down to TV competition, I really think the XFL is going to have an advantage over the USFL. One, they, they have the name recognition with Dwayne, the rock Johnson and the proven success they had in 2020. So that gives them an advantage over the USFL. Everyone's already kind of seen what the USFL is going to be. And, you know, it was kind of mixed reviews due to the hub city idea that they decided to do for all their games and the XFL is going to be different because they're going to, obviously they're going to have it in their hometown cities, which is going to make a significant difference. And it's going to be a better TV product at the end of the day. Last thing for you. And there is at least kind of a loose affiliation now between the XFL and the NFL. We've all known that for one of these leagues to really work in a perfect world, you would be able to get some, some NFL players, maybe guys who are going to be on the practice squad, but that just, it doesn't work right now. The way contracts are written, the way uh, you just can't do it. The, the rules and, and you know things like that, just the loose affiliation that exists right now. Do you see a scenario where, let's say the XFL is really, um, really successful and they're still in existence three, four years down the line. Do you think that they could grow that relationship with the NFL where maybe at some point in the future contracts could be written differently and you could actually get some guys who are under NFL contract onto XFL rosters? Well, that relationship is already really important to the XFL. That that's something that you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Danny Garcia. That that's one thing they've really been talking about uh, over this past week. That was something that was very big in the town hall that they mentioned about their relationship with the NFL Alumni Academy, where you know any any players that are a part of that academy at the end of the season and are not on an NFL roster, they have the option to opt in and automatically get a contract with the XFL. And, you know, that was very big for the XFL to make sure they have that relationship with the NFL to make sure they get players that are developing with the NFL Academy, uh, Alumni Academy, and 
bringing them into the XFL so that they can get the playing time and get the reps that they need in order to prepare for the NFL. That, that's something that's I think a lot of spring football leagues miss is having that developmental league that can, you know, help the NFL grow some of you know, the players. So that I know for the XFL, it's really important to have that relationship. And I could see three, four years down the road, the XFL being a legitimate, you know, go-to developmental league for the NFL and the NFL could turn to them to develop some of their players and then go ahead after a, you know, a regular, you know, a season, sign those players and become, you know, either starters or role players on NFL teams. Anthony, so much. Uh, really appreciate uh, you taking some time. Uh, again, people can follow you on Twitter at ByAnthonyMiller. Follow uh, at XFL News Hub as well. Uh, look forward to talking to you again in the future as we continue to get set for the next XFL season. Yeah, thanks, Matt. I appreciate it.